0: Hey, what is good, guys? Welcome back. Appreciate you for tuning in. It's another episode of Brian Carr 99, a 49ers podcast. So, uh, we are still okay, but in general, I think our offense really struggled. So, we did score 17 points in the first half, but of those 17 points, if I remember correctly, let me uh, bring up the actual game chart here. Our first point scored, the field goal, was after uh, Cincinnati had the muff punt, so we get the ball at our own twenty, at uh, the Cincinnati twenty-three. Unfortunately, we're only able to get a field goal out of it. And after that, we have one really good drive. that goes seventy-five yards for a touchdown. Then uh, it goes punt, then punt, and then on this next punt, they get another muff punt, and then we go uh, just about 17 yards for a touchdown, or about 30 yards. So basically 10 of the 17 points that we scored in the first half were because we got really good starting field position. And... I'm really glad that we were able to capitalize on that. However, the fact that it took two muffed punts and us getting the ball at like the 23 and the 31, it's not a good thing. Uh, The fact that we need to rely on such good field position to get 10 points. Uh, But you know what? In a game like this, again, I will take it. I will take it. So... Overall, Jimmy Garoppolo this game, he was kind of standard Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, You know, he was just kind of okay throughout the game. He delivered a couple really good throws. He had the one really dumb almost pick six. And then he ended up being clutch in the end. So that's kind of what Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know? Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. He ended up having... Over 41 attempts, which is pretty impressive, the fact that he actually threw the ball 40-plus times and we won the game. And he ended up with uh, 27 out of 41. Uh, If I remember correctly, I think two or three of those were throwaways at the end where we were just killing the clock. So you figure if you take those away, he was 27 out of we'll call it 38, 39, which is pretty good. You know, you're completing about 67 or so percent of your passes. Uh, He did have two touchdowns and no interceptions. So, you know, he was okay. However, he also took five sacks and he almost threw a pick six that would have lost us the game. So Jimmy was Jimmy. He was kind of the standard Jimmy that we're expecting to get. You know, he makes a couple really good throws. Sometimes he ends up just being clutch late in the game. Um, But just overall, I would just say that he was okay. I would say the most frustrating thing, though, was the struggles on third down. I don't remember the exact uh, number, but I think we started the game out zero for six on first downs. Or on third downs. So we didn't convert a third down until it was like, again, like our seventh third down was the first one that we converted. And the offense in general this game was just struggling massively. And there's a couple of reasons to that. Uh, The first thing is that Cincinnati was 100% committed to stopping the run. They were regularly putting five six-man fronts on the field. So, you know, we get in our run formation, and they've got five or six guys on the line of scrimmage and seven, eight, sometimes even nine men in the box. And teams have figured out that that is the best way to attack this 49ers run game is, you know, you crowd the box and you put these five six-man fronts, and they overpursued on a lot of the plays. So, you know, while we like to do the outside zones and the outside tosses, they were overpursuing them. And with all those men on the field, it was just really stopping our run game. So we were having a very difficult time getting the run game going. Um, I think Jeff Wilson was solid running, but he only averaged about four yards, uh, 4.3 per carry. Solid, but again, I think uh, 60 or 70 percent of those yards were after contact. Debo Samuel had eight carries for 37 yards, but remember, one of those was a 27 yard touchdown. So you take away that touchdown, and you're looking at Debo Samuel with seven for seven carries for 10 yards, not counting the touchdown. So when you're running the ball, if you take away his one big play, his explosive touchdown, which was awesome by the way, you're looking at 20 carries for 66 yards for the offense, and that's not good. That's that's like three yards a carry. Uh, you know, under four yards a carry, it just won't do it. So Shanahan is gonna need to figure out how to adjust to attacking these five, six-man fronts and these very crowded boxes. Luckily, Jimmy had, again, a a good Jimmy game. Um, You know, aside from, again, the sacks and the almost pick six, Jimmy was doing a good job throwing the ball, I would say. He was, you know, his typical self throwing high over the middle, which he always is. But other than that, Jimmy had some really impressive throws. He almost had a 60-yard completion to Travis Benjamin. He had that beautiful back shoulder fade to Juwan Jennings late in the game. Uh, There was a couple other throws where he was just under pressure and got the ball out super quick uh, before getting hit. And again, he also took five sacks. So when you take five sacks, that was what killed a lot of these drives were the sacks he was taking. He took a couple sacks on third down, and that was one of the things that really killed drives. Um, Which brings me to the right side of the offensive line right side of the offensive line is still a big liability. Dan Brunskill is just, again, not that good in pass protection. Him and Tom Compton, they just don't quite have chemistry yet. There was one or two times where the defensive line pulled a stunt, so they would send the tackle inside and then loop around the end, and then you know, one of them was missing the, the pass off. So they weren't able to communicate well on the stunt. Um, There was another time where uh, somebody just came in on a blitz totally unblocked. So I'm not sure whose exact problem that was. If that was Matt calling out the wrong mic and not sliding the wrong way or not sliding the right way, or if Jimmy didn't call out the slide uh, to slide the offensive line protection to the right. Uh, But either way, there was a time when he came in unblocked. Uh, I believe that was the play where... Juan Jennings jumped up, made an impressive catch, and uh, ran for about eight more yards. Jimmy just flicked it out right as he got hit. Um, yeah, and then Dan Brunskill just getting just straight up blown up in pass protection, and Tom Compton just not being able to, you know, get a get his kick step out well enough. Um, just just struggles on the right side of the offensive line. So while they were good enough to win. That is something that defenses are going to attack. The defenses, when they see us, they're going to say, hey, you know what, we can do stunts on the right side of their offensive line, and we'll just put our best pass rushers on the right side because the left side is good. So whatever is going on, they are 100% going to need to work on, especially their communication, because I don't expect Tom Compton and Dan Brunskill to suddenly become better. Like, you know, the, Dan Brunskill has been a serviceable replacement level right guard for about three years now. I think he's 27, 28 years old. So it's not like he's just suddenly going to get better. And Tom Compton is like, you know, the same thing, like 33 years old replacement level. Um, but, you know, they're solid in the run game. But I don't expect them to just suddenly get better in their pass protection. The only thing that I hope they can get better at is their communication in terms of identifying blitzes and defending against stunts. And that's one of the things where offensive lines need time to gel, come together, and get good at communicating. So I hope that they're able to improve on that because I know defenses are going to key in on that and they're going to attack the right side of our offensive line. Because it is a liability. So the drive killers in this game, it was sacks. And then there was, I guess we have to talk about it. The, the Jimmy fumble that made zero sense. Jimmy strip sacked himself. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It was like he got into his drop back and then someone was coming at him. And then he just freaked out and just dropped the ball for some reason. And then fell on it. So, I don't know how Jimmy managed to strip sack himself, but Jimmy stripped sacked himself. So, there was that, and a couple sacks, and that's what really killed our third down efficiency. Not being able to get the run game going. Uh, outside of, again, a couple of good plays, and the right side of the offensive line being a liability. Those were the main things. So... Probably my biggest concern with the offense right now is just the second half offense. I don't know why, but this is multiple games in a row where we haven't been able to score in the second half. So we didn't score a single point, if I remember correctly, in the second half of the Seahawks game. And in this game, we only scored three points, and that was on our opening drive in the third quarter where we stopped them, they punted to us, we drove down and we got three more points to go up 20 to six. Now, 20 to six, that should be a win. And I remember in the game thinking, like, hey, the good news is at least we're up by two touchdowns. And I know Joe Burrow's good and he's got a couple really good receivers. But two touchdowns should be enough where we can win this game. And it was enough, but the fact that we were able to get no offense going in the second half outside of that one drive is a serious concern. Like we really, Shanahan really needs to figure out his second half offense because these defenses are making adjustments and we're not making counter adjustments to score. And we really need to work on that. You cannot win, uh, you know, the two or three or four of our final four games we can't go out there and be scoring zero to three points in the second half. Um, it's just, it's not going to work. So what I will say is when it mattered, Jimmy came up clutch in the end. So in the end, he had two really good drives outside of one bad pass on the final two. Jimmy had one bad pass on the final two drives. Um, And that's good, you know? Like, again, the offense wasn't able to get going. We relied on a couple, let's just be honest, lucky muffed punts that went our way. For the first time, we got lucky. The Bengals saw how bad we were on special teams last week, and they were like, hold my beer. (laughs) We're going to be worse. (laughs) So we got lucky. We got 10 points off of lucky muffed punts. But outside of that, we really weren't able to get much offense going. But when it mattered, Jimmy was pretty dang clutch. So at the end of the game, Jimmy drives us down what would be a game-winning field goal with, I think there was, like, time expired. Like, he literally, again, threw the ball away a couple times just to kill some clock, so we ended up kicking a missed field goal, which Robbie Gold should be making. Like, it's a 47-yard field goal. And that's one of my things that I wrote down here was our kicking game has been very bad for a couple weeks. Robbie gold. I mean, I can understand if gold missed like a 55 yard field goal, but 47, like you got to make those, you got to make a 47 yarder. Um, I think he missed, I think he missed an extra point. Uh, I know he missed one last week. So again, you know, you're talking, Missed extra points, missed game winning field goals. Something's up with Mitch Wisnowski. I don't know what's going on, but his net average punting was 38. Like, that's terrible. His long was 50. It's just, it's not good. I don't know what's going on with Mitch, but he had a couple of just straight up terrible kicks. Uh, so, whatever is wrong, I. I still think that we need to replace our special teams coordinator at the end of the season. Again, really glad that we got those two muffed punts. Obviously shout out to um River Craycraft. <laughs> got to love River Craycraft. And also shout out to Trent Sherfield. So, they got the two fumble recoveries. That's awesome, but outside of that, special teams was bad. Um you know, you miss a field goal. You have terrible punting. Our, our defense ultimately really came up clutch. So, but point being, Jimmy G drives us down, should have a game-winning field goal. It wasn't, but then we go into overtime. Our defense makes a stop, holds them to a field goal, and then Jimmy is a perfect six for six to drive down for that game-winning touchdown uh, by IUK. So Jimmy came up clutch when it happened. There was the pick six that didn't happen. So we got lucky on that one. Sometimes defenders drop the ball. It is what it is. We got lucky that one. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much the offense. Uh, Just individual players. Uh, Jamichael hasty was solid. Jeff Wilson jr. He was okay. Again, only averaged a little over four yards a carry, but the defensive fronts that they were putting up, that's really difficult to run against. Juwan Jennings had some really good plays as well as a couple bad plays. He had the drop. He had a fumble. Uh, he had the drop that was almost a fumble, and they ended up ruling it incomplete because he didn't get two full steps. He also just fumbled the ball once. Luckily, he was able to fall back on it. Uh, so, two not good plays, but he also had a couple really good plays. So, um, you know, hopefully, Juwan Jennings continues to improve on his ball security. Um, yeah, Travis Benjamin he had one target, and I will say Travis Benjamin 100% beat his man big time. And Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball really far, it was impressive. Jimmy actually threw the ball over 50 yards in the air. Uh, The problem was the timing was a little bit off. Jimmy waited for Travis Benjamin to clear his defender versus just throwing it and believing that Travis Benjamin would beat his defender. Either way, the timing was off, and so Travis Benjamin, who had his guy beat by about three yards, would have been a touchdown if he got hit in stride, but he had to slow down and come back to the ball, and then the defender made a play, and he didn't. So he had one target, but I mean, you got to go up and get that ball or at the very least fight for it enough that you get a pass interference. Um, So yeah. Um, Debo Samuel was awesome. Uh, Debo Samuel, one target, one catch, 20 yards. And then yeah, Debo Samuel, apparently now he, (laughs) Debo Samuel's basically become a running back now. So hopefully that changes when we get, um, sorry, Elijah Mitchell back next week, which he should be, I would assume. And uh, George Kittle, just special appreciation for George Kittle. Probably my favorite player. He's incredible. 15 targets, 13 receptions, 151 yards, a touchdown, and just so many just clutch, incredible catches. Like that one where he made that set up the would-be field goal. I mean, that was ridiculous. He must have got like three or four foot of air off the ground and just outstretched, bending over backwards. It was an incredible catch. George Kittle continues to be one of the most amazing players in all of football. So special teams, we already kind of went over that. Uh, The missed field goal, really not happy. Um, Robbie Gold, it wouldn't bother me as much if we weren't paying him so much and it was all guaranteed, but it is what it is. We got lucky on the muff punts, but other than that, just bad kicking game. Uh, we need we need better kicking. And uh, I I think that the punting is something that will improve because we've seen how good Wischnowski can be. I think something is just up with Wischnowski. I don't know if he's got like an injury that uh, he's not reporting or I think he just had a kid. Somebody was talking about that, that he just had a kid. So maybe he's just not getting enough sleep. Either way, though, Mitch needs to improve on his punting. um, And Robbie Gold can't be missing kicks inside 50 yards. Like, you got to make the ones inside 50. I can understand if Robbie Gold misses something that's 53, 54, 55. Like, we know that. But you got to make them inside 50. As far as the defense goes, um, defense was great for three and a half quarters of the game. Just great, great defense. Uh, They played a lot of cover two and a lot of cover four. They weren't really playing that much cover three. And I believe that a big reason for that is because Dante Johnson wasn't able to play due to his mother's passing, um, they had to play Ambry Thomas. And with Ambry Thomas out there, the rookie, they were like, how can we protect him? We probably shouldn't put him in a cover three. We'll play cover two. So that way we have two safeties high, you know, to protect things and we can play a lot of cover force that takes away the deep shots. And overall it was, it was a very good game plan against, again, a very good quarterback and a couple really good receivers. Remember Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards, like 350 yards, T Higgins had five catches for 114 yards. Jamar chase five catches for 77, two touchdowns. I mean, Joe Burrow was dealing and the 49ers defense, they did a very good job of coming up with a game plan and executing it up until the end when a couple things happened. Um, So, When the Bengals finally decided that they were going to just attack cover two weak spots, so typically with cover two uh, over the middle and the, I don't know what you would call that, but basically, uh, you know, behind uh, behind the corner who's playing like the flat or the cloud or whatever, behind the corner who's playing the flat and in front of the deep safety that like, 10 to 20 yard range on the edges. So on the sideline, 10, to 20 yards. And then over the middle, once they finally decided that they were going to attack cover two weak points. And also about the same time that Aziz got hurt, uh, which as far as we know, now he's considered day to day. So hopefully we'll get an update on that right around the time that they finally decided, Hey, we're just going to attack the weak points and cover two. And Aziz was out. That was when their passing game just took it up a level. And it was so many times throughout the game where it was great. You know, burrow to somebody for 15 yards, burrow to somebody for 15 yards, you know, burrow to Higgins, 20 yard catch, burrow to chase 15 yards, burrow to CJ Azama, you know, 10 or 15 yards. And there were so many chunk plays. You look at, um, you look at his passing and he only he completed 25 passes for 350 compared to Jimmy Jimmy completed 27 for just under 300 he had 350 with a, with less passing he was getting basically 15 yards every time he threw the ball uh, it looks like technically it was 13.9 but again like just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play they knew they finally decided where to attack us And we were giving it up. So I think that I've come to the conclusion that Aziz is basically young Quan Alexander at this point. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that, uh, Aziz similar to Quan, he flies around, he's a playmaker. He gets tackle for losses. He, uh, you know, forces breakups. He's got a, an interception or two, but he also sometimes misses tackles. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the uh, the comparison that I've come up with, and I think it's I think it's a good thing, honestly, because Aziz, similar to when Quan has played really high level, is really good. Just flies around, instinctual tackles for losses, breaking up passes, playmaker. But he also misses a couple tackles here and there. And similar to Quan, because he's so fast at getting there, even if he does miss the tackle, he slows the guy down enough that the other guys can swarm to it. Maybe they only get like one or two or three yards after the missed tackle. So Aziz has been playing great. When Aziz got hurt, uh, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was third or fourth quarter. Uh, but late in the game, Aziz got hurt. And that was also about the time that the Bengals started going off on on offense. So hopefully we get Aziz and or Dre Greenlaw back this week. Uh, I would say Dre Greenlaw is a more secure tackler, even if he's not quite as instinctual. So figure Aziz is going to fly around like a heat-seeking missile, just hitting guys, tackles for loss, occasionally missing a tackle. Greenlaw, on the other hand, is not quite as instinctual, but he is a very good tackler. So they're kind of different players, but hey, they're both good. And getting either one or both of them back this week will be huge. Also, our front seven, just in general, was amazing against the run. The the job that D'Amico Ryans has done on defense just in terms of coaching the defense, how they fill gaps and everything is, it's just incredible. They've done such a good job on defense. Uh, we held them to 3.3 yards per carry. Joe Mixon was 18 for 58. He only got 3.2. Uh, JP Ryan, their other one, he was four for 11, 2.8. And uh, if you take away... Um, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, their quote-unquote runs, they only averaged about three yards a carry. So the fact that we were in nickel so much didn't even really matter. We were really good stopping the run. So our front seven, and I got to include in our front seven, Quan Williams, because he was awesome. Quan Williams is such a good run defender from the nickel back slot position. He's so good. So just... Huge, huge appreciation for the front seven on defense, and Nick Bosa is just incredible. Nick Bosa was just out there making plays, making plays, making plays. Um, I don't remember exactly. I believe that Nick Bosa had. Uh, let's see if I can pull up the uh, the defensive stats here. Can okay. I defensive stats? That's Bengals. There we go. Defensive stats. So, uh, Nick Bosa, where is he? He had two sacks and he would have had a third one if it wasn't for Ambry Thomas's, uh, hands to the face penalty. And Nick Bosa was just wrecking everything along the defensive line. Nick Bosa is incredible. I, uh, I love watching Nick Bosa. He's so good and he plays at such a high level of effort, I was also listening to something a day ago, and they were talking about how Nick Bosa seems to get better in the second half. And it's like, he just doesn't get tired. He is so good and he doesn't get tired. So on the season, he has 14 sacks and 13 games. Uh, He could legitimately get to 20 sacks and break the 49ers sack season record with 20. He could totally get 20 sacks this season, which is awesome. Um, But half, half of his sacks are in the fourth quarter or overtime on the season. So it's interesting that Nick Bosa, he gets his sacks when it matters the most. Obviously, you want to get sacks throughout the entire game because the way I look at sacks versus pressure is that pressure affects the passing game, whereas sacks kill drives. If you sack someone... I think I remember a stat somewhere, if you sack a quarterback, then there's around an 80% chance that that drive is killed, uh, meaning that at most uh, they get a field goal. So you get a sack on a drive, and 80% chance they're scoring three points or less on a drive, whereas just pressuring a quarterback is just going to affect the passing game in general. So typically that like lowers the passer rating, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, But Nick Bosa, he gets sacks when it counts. You know, late in the game, he's killing drives and just affecting the quarterback. And Nick Bosa's just, he's awesome. Uh, If I remember correctly, he's now third in the league in sacks and first in the league in tackles for a loss. And he also has, uh, I think he's also top five in the league for forced fumbles as well. So Nick Bosa, he deserves to be an all-pro. I think he deserves to be in defensive player of the year conversation, comeback player of the year conversation. I mean, if he's not like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what you're doing. Like Nick Bose is incredible. Top, top three defensive and slash edge player in the NFL. Anybody who says otherwise is doesn't understand football. Uh, As far as the corners go, um, Josh Norman was Josh Norman. Uh, The one thing I will give Josh Norman props for is he finally decided to actually stick to his assignments this game. And that's like the one thing that I've been ragging on so much is you're a veteran. You're like 33 years old. Do your job. I understand that you're past your prime and you're not that good anymore, but at least do your job as a veteran. You should understand how to do your job. And he did. He actually did his job this game. Obviously he got burnt. Obviously he got beat, but he didn't cause any interference calls and he fit his run gaps on a couple plays. So that was incredible. Just watching him actually do his assignment on run defense and actually just do his assignment. Obviously he's going to get burnt. He Josh Norman, um, But at at the very least, I'm glad that he's finally doing his assignments because when you do your assignments, that's what helps prevent explosive plays um, on defense. Uh, As far as Ambry Thomas goes, uh, just a quick little scouting report. So this was Ambry Thomas's first game as a starter, as a rookie. And this is also like the first full game that he's played in like two years. (laughs) Sorry, my cat is playing with a plastic bag if you're hearing that. So first game that he's basically started and played in two years because he didn't play because of COVID in his last year of college. So Ambry Thomas, he came out. He also wasn't even expecting to start. Uh, probably until like Friday when they got the news about Dante Johnson. So he wasn't expecting to be the starter, but hey, you know what? You're going to be the starter, and you've got a big task because you got to go against Jamar Chase, who's a top-five pick and a dang good receiver, and T. Higgins, who's a really good receiver, and Joe Burrow, who's a really good quarterback. So quite a tall task for a rookie making his first start and basically playing his first game in a couple of years whether or not you count the preseason. And overall, I think that he was good. Uh, they tried their, they tried to do their best in terms of protecting him by playing, again, a lot of cover two, a lot of cover four. So that way he didn't feel overwhelmed in terms of his responsibilities. Because when you're playing cover four, all you got to do is just be the deepest on, the, on your, your outside quarter. And on cover two, all you got to do, again, is uh, cover that flat since you have help over the top. So overall, he was pretty good. Uh, There was a couple things that he's going to need to work on. The good thing, though, is the mistakes that he made are, in my opinion, 100% forgivable because he's a rookie making his first start in the NFL. So what were the mistakes that he made? Well, he had a couple hands to the face. All right. You know what? Cool you're going to learn, you're going to adjust. You're going to maybe work on your technique a little bit when you're jamming or rerouting a receiver. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta be aware to not get the hands to the face when you're doing your jam, your reroute and the receiver swats your hands away. Just don't hit the receiver in the helmet. Like, That is something that you can coach up and he's probably going to learn because he got two penalties and they mattered a lot because one of them was a Jimmy Ward interception got negated. And the other one was a Nick Bosa sack that got negated. So those are two penalties. But again, rookie first start, you can coach that up. You can fix that. Uh, The other thing was he got burned a couple times and Again, it was a coaching thing. So you're in a cover four, which again, that means that you need to cover the deepest person in your quarter of the field. So what happened was he got, he bit on an in breaking route in cover four. And you can't do that. Again, you have to cover the deepest guy. He bit on, he bit on an inside, like the, I think it was Jamar Chase. He, faked like he was going to go inside on a route. Ambry Thomas bit on it. And then he bounced back outside and beat him deep. And again, that's just a coaching thing. That's, Hey, remember you're in cover for zero reason for you to need to bite on an inside move because you've got guys in that direction. Just keep, keep backing up, keep covering your deep quarter. So again, that's a coaching thing that you can fix. Um, I can't remember what the other thing was, but he got burnt like two times, had a couple of hands to the faces. Um but again, those are things that you can coach up, you can fix for your first game as a rookie going up against a top 5 pick receiver, like 100% okay with him. And I know PFF gave him a terrible grade, but outside of those couple of plays where he got burnt, um he was good. He looked like he was in pretty tight coverage. Um My pre-draft, one of my pre-draft things that I said, because I liked him pre-draft as a developmental corner, was I called him Sticky. And I think he was this game too. He was Sticky. He was sticking with his guys. He was in phase pretty much always. And he just got burnt just a couple times on double moves. And again, that'll happen. Every corner in the NFL is going to get burnt. It's, It's just those little things. Can we coach you up to make less of the mental mistakes? And, uh, the only thing that was a little bit of a concern that can't really be, I don't know if it can be, uh, coached up or fixed with coaching. Um, so John Chapman pointed this out. And I also remember hearing Eric Crocker, um, in his little film analysis, mentioning his change of direction or his transition speed, meaning that when he is in phase, if he has to like change direction or reroute or you know turn a different way he slows down a bit so I don't know if that's like a hip flexibility thing if that's a technique thing I don't know too much about defensive back play um, but his speed he slowed down a little bit in his transitions and his change of directions so I do think that's something that he's gonna need to work on also he just needs to get a little bit stronger just to deal with you know the physical wide receivers in the NFL but overall I really liked what I saw from Ambry Thomas uh, considering that he primarily played a lot of press man coverage at Michigan in college. And he didn't play a whole lot of off zone coverage, which is what we play primarily. Um, I liked him as a developmental guy because I really like his athletic traits. He runs a sub four, four he's six foot tall with long arms. And again, he played a lot of press man. And if you can play man that's probably the hardest thing to do is playing man cuz you can learn zone you can learn to play off zone and off zone concepts and how routes routes and route concepts uh, attack different types of coverages those are things that you can learn and you can develop your body um uh, but he has the physical traits and uh I know that he got beat a couple of times but I think overall He had a good game for first game as a rookie, you know, finding out that you're getting the start like two, three days before the game, not even having a full week of practice. I liked what I saw and uh, he was good enough. He did end up getting concussed at the end of the game. So hopefully he's okay. It looked like he took a knee to the head and got a concussion uh, late in the game. So Demo came in for, if I remember correctly, like the last series or the last two series on defense. Um, but again, overall, Ambry Thomas, initial scouting report, first game. I liked what I saw. We can coach up the mistakes that he made. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was the safeties. Uh, Jimmy Ward continues to be awesome, and Tart is better than Huff. And I love Hafunga's effort, but I would really prefer to have Jaquiski Tart on the field over Hafunga. Now, what I also put down was Tart is greater than Huff is greater than Marcel Harris. What I mean by that is I would much rather have Tart out there if you're going to go with a two safety personnel thing. I don't see a reason to take out Tart to put Huffunga in. I just don't think he's good enough yet, uh, especially as we're currently the sixth seed and fighting for a playoff position. Uh, you know, we could potentially work our way, possibly even up into the five seed. Um, but there's also, you know, I know that we're a full game ahead of everyone else, but there's also like five teams that are only one game behind us. So we need to make sure that we're winning as many games as possible. And I don't see a reason to have Hafunga in there instead of Tart. Now, if you want to put Tart and Hafunga out there with Jimmy Ward as like a three safety look where you take Marcel Harris out, because I don't like seeing Marcel Harris in there at linebacker. I would much rather see Tart or Hafunga in there at linebacker uh, in terms of like a, a big nickel, I think you'd call out, where you have like your, your two linebackers and you have three safeties. I would much rather have three safeties than three linebackers if we only have two healthy linebackers. So if it's a choice of putting Marcel Harris or Hafunga out there, put Hafunga. But if it's Hafunga Tart, I'd much rather have Tart. There's just there's a couple plays in each game that Hafunga has been playing. If he's been playing instead of Tart, where he's been beat. He gave up the touchdown to Adam Thielen in the Vikings game, and I I do believe that that's something that Tart would have saw and he would have covered Thielen better. And also Hafunga was not able to cover uh Jamar Chase in this game and I know that it was a scramble drill and it was like seven seconds, but I do believe that Quisky Tart would be better in that situation covering, um, Jamar chase just Tart is a better athlete and he's, he's played in so many games where he's had to deal with scramble drills that I believe he'd be better in that situation. Um, but again, I do love Huff's effort. There was a couple plays that he made that were impressive, just out of his pure effort. So I really like Hafanga, but I would rather see Tart out there. So yeah, that was pretty much the defense. Um, as far as adjustments moving forward, uh, first thing is hopefully we're getting a couple of guys back healthy. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, if we get him back, that's gonna be huge for the run game. Um, I, Elijah Mitchell right now is our best running back, not named Debo Samuel. <laughs> so getting Elijah Mitchell back will be big. I do believe he's significantly better than Jeff Wilson. And I, as much as I like hasty as a catching as like a receiving back, I don't think that we can trust hasty to carry the ball 15, 20 times. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but I do trust Elijah Mitchell. If we get Aziz and or Greenlaw back this week, that'll be big. Again, Aziz had the elbow injury. He's day-to-day. Greenlaw, unsure. He tried to come back, ended up having to go back out again, so we'll see. And if we get Dante Johnson back uh, as well, that'll be a good thing. I'm not sure who would be better between Dante Johnson, Ambry Thomas, and uh, Demo Lenore, but I am very glad that the rookies are developing and improving to the point where we can put them on the field and we can see, yes, they can play, uh, and they can hang with guys. Obviously, rookie growing pains, you're going to make mistakes. They're not the most elite athletes. They're not super high draft picks. Uh, but again, you know, you're know, you talking Ambry was basically a fourth-round pick because it was a comp pick, and then... Demo was a fifth round pick. You're basically talking a fourth and a fifth round pick. I don't expect them to be superstars as rookies, but the fact that they can actually hang and play in the league as rookies is a good thing. So hopefully we get Mitchell, Aziz, Greenlaw, Dante Johnson back. Um, the right side of the offensive line, I mentioned that they need to work on their communication specifically on stunts and identifying blitzers because that's how we're going to get attacked. Also, Shanahan needs to figure out how to run better against five- and six-man fronts and when they're filling the box with seven, eight, nine people in the box. Because that's what defenses are doing. Defenses have figured out, hey, we put five, six men on the line, we put eight or nine people in the box, and we can get this run game down to about four yards of carry, and that makes it very difficult. So Shanahan needs to figure out how to adjust... Running versus those heavy boxes, those five or six man fronts. Again, the defense, Tart is greater than Huff is greater than Harris. And other than that, I do think that we should implement more cover two. One of the things that I've been hearing about uh, around the NFL recently is that a lot of teams have started implementing more cover two to defend against the passing game. And some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL have been really struggling against cover two. So Russell Wilson has been really struggling against cover two the last year or two. Patrick Mahomes, a lot of teams have figured out if you play cover two against Pat Mahomes, it's a lot more difficult because it takes away a lot of those deep shots. Um, also, who's uh, I'm trying to remember? Buffalo. Buffalo um, Josh Allen. So a lot of teams have been playing cover two to high percentage against Josh Allen. It's also making it difficult. Uh, so, and then again, this game, we had a very good defense and we held up for again, three and a half quarters. We held them to six points total. So again, and we played a lot of cover two. So I do think that I would like to see the team implement more cover two into their game plans. Obviously, this is a team that likes to play a lot of cover three, uh, a lot of cover four. And sometimes they like to play cover one man with sending a blitz. But I do think that it would be smart, especially against these teams that like to pass a lot. So like when we go against the Rams... Um, trying to see who else here. Yeah, probably the Rams primarily. Implementing some cover two might be a good idea to increase the rate at which we do that. Um, so, anyways, that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope you got some value out of it. You learned something. Uh, just you know, you want to go in there, watch the film, figure out what we can learn, who did well, who didn't, what adjustments that we can make, what we learned from the game, scouting reports on the rookies. And we will be back again in a day or two, and we will be previewing the Falcons game. So, appreciate all you for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, uh, all that good stuff. Check me out on Twitter. That's probably how you heard about it. And other than that, I'll catch you next time. Go Niners!